Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm going all over the place right now. I know, but this is how my mind works. This is, this explains so much of what has happened on Deuce in the last 15 years. Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral. I'm Heather B. Armstrong. And I'm John R. Bray. And this week, it's going to be another one of those episodes where John and I haven't spoken or even really communicated in the last 10, 12 days. Has it been that long? I think. I feel like this is becoming a regular thing, almost. (laughs) Everything has become so busy all of a sudden. Okay, so I'm I have actively because because I'm so depressed and burned I'm burned to a crisp. I am done. Um, I have actively taken steps to make it so that I will be at home for more than you know ten days at a time, and um, because that would I can't, be awesome for you. I, it would be awesome and for, for your me. girls. It'd be I mean, awesome. Yeah, I, this has to stop. I can't keep. I don't know how people do this. I don't know how people live lives where they travel like that um, because my body is shutting down on me and being very uncooperative. Yeah, I can't imagine sustaining that. But I, I mean, I want to remind you that you're not just traveling for fun all over the world. You're traveling and doing great things that help people. I'm so trying. even though even though your body might be dying in response, at least it's dying for a noble cause. Yeah. Or noble was, causes as it, it were. It was yeah, so I just got home from Thailand, which is this gorgeous country and the food is incredible and the people are so amazing and lovely and every single night I would climb into bed and it was just so heavy everything that I was seeing and, and learning and experiencing and um, to have that sort of trip, because I was there with a group called the Exodus Road, and they work to fight human trafficking. And I was there two years ago, and they invited me back this time. Their their organization has grown quite a bit since then. And to have this trip be at the tail end of all of the trips that I've taken since the beginning of the year, it was like, oh, man. <laughs> My body already was shutting down before going to Thailand. And so while I was there, I felt, um, I felt pummeled. I felt like I was getting beat up. Um, just, and, and, and that's a horribly privileged thing of me to say, considering what I was witnessing. Um, but I was so exhausted. Like I, I, I actually have, um, I got some lab work done today. I'll know the results next week. And I'm visiting a nutritionist on Monday to try to figure out what's wrong with me. You need more banana ice cream. <laughs> I do, apparently. That's ultimately what it is, I'm sure. Well, you just you just told me a second ago that you have bananas in your freezer. I do, and I hate <laughs> myself for even having said that, but they are sitting in there and they are waiting. 
So what prompted you to do that? Well, it would be our long discussion on banana ice cream. <laughs> and then, sadly, my Googling it I was lost. You did it. You did I, it. I totally Googled it. And then I went to Pinterest because that's where all of the links go mm-hmm. and spent an embarrassing amount of time learning all about banana ice cream. <laughs> so I feel like it would be worse to not make it at this point because then it's just truly wasted time. Oh my gosh. So before I forget, I um uh, Kelly, my babysitter, made some today just now. I just had a bite of it right before I came upstairs to my closet. And um she made it with bananas, almond butter, and she put some vegan protein powder in it. Oh my gosh. It tastes like a giant cookie. It was so good. Vegan protein powder? Vegan protein powder, yeah. Wow. You just got to like one up it. Someone, someone actually, in response to our big banana ice cream discussion, they emailed us about a banana frosty, essentially. Like, you know, Wendy's has the frosty. Yes. It's like the banana version of that. Now, in her email, thank you, Jenna, she mentioned <laughs> using milk, which I know that for you that would not work, but I would imagine that a milk alternative could work. Yeah, I actually put almond milk into my into my, ice, my banana ice cream. Yeah, but yours is still ice. I think hers is more along like a th- a thinner consistency, maybe. Yeah. Okay. And also includes some cocoa powder or chocolate syrup of some sort. And you know, so, as as good as it is, as delicious, like it really, really, really is just so flavorful. Neither of my well, of course, Lita won't eat it, but Marla won't eat it. Marla's just like, eh, no, mm mm. Does she know? Is that why she doesn't? I don't. Well, it's bananas. She loves bananas. I I don't know. She's just she's going through a phase now where she's she's (laughs) she was my eater. Like she would eat and explore certain things. And now she's moving toward the bland food. And it's like, no, don't do that. Don't. Oh, I know the bland food movement all too well. (laughs) Lexton will eat. So many foods, I mean, so many of them, but they can't really be combined and mm-hmm. they can't have a lot of added like sauces or f- anything beyond like a sprinkle of salt and pepper. Right. He's slowly starting to explore some hot sauce, which is weird, but it's got to be plain, very plain. <laughs> well, it's, it's like uh, anything with flavor, anything with flavor, like Lita's like, no, there will be no flavor in my meal. And Marlo would explore flavor, and now, like, she'll ask for noodles, and she doesn't even want cheese on the noodles. She doesn't want butter on the noodles. She doesn't want sauce on the noodles. She just wants the noodles. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, no. That's like eating wet cardboard. Why would you? (laughs) Noodles are a vessel for something better. That's the whole. Wet wet cardboard would at least be crunchy, you know? You at least chew. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's tough. I think Lexton would try the banana ice cream if I told him it was ice cream. I would have to lie, basically. <laughs> and I'm not above that. I would I would totally do that. Yes. I feel like if he doesn't ask, then it's not really lying. So if I just said, do you want ice cream? <laughs> you know. Well, if you call it nice cream and kind of keep the in a little silent, then you're not really lying. Because <laughs> <laughs> technically it's called nice cream. <laughs> nice cream. He wouldn't notice. It's like selective hearing. He's going to hear the the important pieces of those words, and he's good. Uh, Yesterday, I bought 
Um, cause I just, so I'm, I've been home from Thailand for two days, by the way, I cannot get rid of the jet lag. I mean, I'm functioning throughout the day, but I wake up at 3 a.m. I've woken up at 3 a.m. for the past two mornings and I cannot get back to sleep. It was a pretty demanding schedule there though too, right? Yeah, it was nonstop. It was nonstop there. And intense. This isn't. Yeah. I mean, even, even when you travel for work, normally it's not this intense because obviously the the subject matter is so different. Yeah, and we would stay out very late because we're we were going to brothels and witnessing what was happening there and looking doing undercover work there involves like going into a brothel and you know counting the number of cameras they have and counting the number of mamasons which are kind of like the 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 lady pimps in the in the establishment and looking for girls who look underage. So we would go to like three or four a night and stay out until, you know, 12, 30, one o'clock in the morning and then start the day, you know, pretty early, eight, nine o'clock. Wow. And then just go all day, just boom. And taking in a lot of really hard information to listen to. But um, so, yeah, I am. I've been awake since 2.30 this morning and um, I feel drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I actually feel drunk because I'm so tired, but I can't sleep. So anyway, I finally, I'm like, I'm going to be home for at least eight days. <laughs> I'm going to go buy some food. Yay. And um, I went to Trader Joe's and bought like three bunches of bananas so that they could ripen on my countertop so that I could make banana ice cream. And when I unpacked the the bags, there was only one bunch of the bananas. And I was like, oh, no, where did the other two bunches go? <laughs> and I'm scared only because if they if they start to rot or if they start to, like, get ripe somewhere, and they like, start to like smell. Like in Kelly's car. Yeah. Lita's going to lose her mind. Like, <laughs> I've searched for those extra two bunches because I'm like, I can't do this to my child. She'll be, like, traumatized for life. She's going to stumble in, like, I don't know, like, maybe the laundry room. I have no idea where these bananas ended up. So. She will be the one to find them, though. Yes. <laughs> I mean, she'll have to be. Yes. But yeah, jet lag is, is um, I, 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 and this is another symptom of what's going on. I'm, I'm a seasoned traveler and I can normally get over jet lag pretty quickly. And my body is just like, nope, 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 nope. We're not, we're not getting over this right now. So. Right. Well, it's your, your body's natural way of saying, slow the hell down. Uh-huh. I mean, really, it sort of has to destroy itself to prevent you from completely destroying it. You, you know, and I have to really resist comparing myself to, because, I mean, that's my personality, is I look at other, I look at really successful women. I look at women specifically and whose jobs require them to crisscross, you know, the world with really intense schedules. And I'm like, I... I don't have that stamina. Like what's going on with me that I don't have that stamina? And I was I was keeping up a pretty good pace. And then my body, like the weirdest symptom is that my fingertips have started. <laughs> wow. All right. My fingertips are wrinkly. Like pruned? Um, yeah, my finger. Like you've been in the water too long, kind of. Yes, just my fingertips are pruned. Like I, my fingertips look like the fingertips of a 90 year old woman. And so I did what I should not do. And I Googled wrinkly fingertips. <laughs> you should also add that to your Tinder profile while you're at it. 
I think that might help. Oh, man. Are we going to go there, too? Because a reader, <laughs> who was it that suggested that I try out Bumble? Oh, yeah. That email was fantastic. Yes. So I immediately downloaded Bumble. I'm like, I've heard, I've heard a couple people talk about this app. Well, and for, for all of our listeners, the, the main difference is Bumble is basically identical to Tinder. It was actually created by people who left Tinder, I believe. Oh. But the difference is that when a match is established, the woman has to initiate the conversation. If she does not, then no conversation occurs. And oddly enough, that seems to prevent a lot of the immediate sexual conversations. Oddly enough. Oddly and I don't know who saw that coming, but it happens. Right. So the thing that intrigued me in the email, and she's like, yeah, and it's apparently kind of a high-end app, and like 98% of the men are like, male models and their CEOs and entrepreneurs. And I'm like, oh, with perfect I teeth. mean, right, with perfect teeth. And, <laughs> and I'm like, I, can't, I don't believe that because I've seen all these dating sites and I've seen, you know, <laughs> the the pickings. <laughs> <And> <laughs> so so I downloaded this app and um, she was right. <laughs> I was like, wow, like I kept swiping right. And I'm like, I got to swipe left at some point because this is embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I read a few reviews. I think it was probably in the app store. People were saying the same thing, and they were all they were all men. So take this for what it is. But the idea was that the the algorithms for Bumble are set up in such a way that the most attractive and most desirable people always show up first. So the more you swipe, the worse it gets. Yep. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> yep. So you're finding yep, yep. that that is okay. Yep. Uh huh. Yes. And there you go. Yeah. The, and then there was, um, I, you start to notice certain behaviors. Do you know what I mean? Like you start to see certain patterns taking place. And I had swiped right on a guy and I, apparently he swiped right on me. So what it does is it alerts me and it says you have 24 hours to make a connection. Otherwise, it goes away forever. <laughs> it's very dramatic that way. It goes away forever. <laughs> but it, it can be extended, I think. I think if he's really, if he's really into you. Yeah. He can ask to have it extended another 24 hours. Right. But he doesn't say anything to you. It's just an extension on the time. Exactly. And so, but but there is a countdown that starts to happen once you have established the connection. And here's the thing, right? I am a 40-year-old single mom of two children. And I run my own business. And I got shit to do, right? <clears throat> so, so he, there was this one profile and he was really cute and he didn't give any information about himself at all. And I don't really give any information about myself either. I should do that. I really should do that. I I would be hesitant to consider someone without knowing much. I know. Maybe that's just me. Well, so he did, he didn't give any information on his profile. And so I'm trying to... F- <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to start the conversation with him. And this was a really, I'm going all over the place right now. I know, but this is how my mind works. This this explains so much of what has happened on Deuce in the last 15 years. We were traveling from a place called Pattaya in Thailand, and the drive was only supposed to be an hour and a half, and it ended up being almost four hours because traffic in Thailand is unreal. We're going to Bangkok. And all of us who were on the trip were sitting in this van. And after a few of us took a nap, we started talking. And 
the subject of um the subject of Tinder and everything got brought up and they were asking me what my experience was and I was like this is the thing about like how do you begin a conversation with someone that you don't know how do you, what is a good intro you know it's well but with someone you don't know and you have no body language you're yeah. not getting I mean at least if you meet someone in a bar or something you have the body language you have a smile or not a, you have something to give you some indication but without yes. that it's really hard it, it's really and that's the real that's the difficult thing about all of these these sites and the in this this whole phenomenon is how do you begin the conversation and so i have not ever begun a conversation um at all like i have always just answered messages that have been sent to me and some of the messages are, are much have better vocabulary than others and or and, you know the person who said that he loved my nose and yeah no you, don't you begin the conversation um so here i am trying to figure out how to begin a conversation with this person i've got 24 hours to do it and he gives me no information about himself and there's only three pictures of him so I said something about one of his photos, about something in one of his photos. I was trying to be clever about it. And he waited to respond because then he he has 24 hours to respond to it. Right. And if he doesn't respond in 24 hours, it disappears forever. So he waited until two minutes were left. No. Really? Right before the timer was going? Yeah. Oh, wow. Waited two minutes and his response was snarky and gave me nothing else to go on. like. There was nothing else I could possibly, I mean, I'd have to go like, where are you from? What do you do for a living? Snarky, snarky, I'm no longer interested or snarky, like I'm so good and you need to get onto my level. Like he waited until there were two minutes left and then like, you need to get on my level. And I was like, "Um, you're playing a game. And guess what? Stop playing games when I was 12 years old. Sorry. Like, I'm, I don't have time for games. I don't have you, time did for Did you say that or did you just let it die? Oh, I'm going to let it die. Well, it, okay. now that we've established a connection, like, we can ch- – there's no time limit. I could, I could unhook us. <laughs> oh, you're hooked. Look at that. <laughs> or connected or whatever the word is. But, yeah, I think I, – I just – I'm not interested. I'm not interested in hooking up. I'm not interested in playing games. I'm – this, Yeah. Dating sucks. Do we have to go over this again? No, but, you know, since since we talked about it last, I think, oh, I think I told you I had downloaded, I downloaded Tinder and then I downloaded Bumble, but both of them require Facebook sign-in. Mm-hmm. It is the one social platform I don't use. I probably will have to eventually break down because I've run into about a half a dozen reasons to get one, good, legitimate reasons to get one that are not dating apps. But, what is a good legitimate reason to get Facebook? Well, there's a, the the um, EMC group for the Chicago Marathon is on Facebook. Oh, that's right. And it's, a, and it's a private Facebook group. I don't have so I I mean there's not I can't even see it because it's private. Right. So things like that, I feel like I need some sort of a just an account that I don't really use. It is 2016, and you don't have a Facebook account. I think that makes you kind of a unicorn. Sort of. I had two of them actually at one point. I was I was uh, a freshman at one of the first universities to get access to Facebook when it was university only. Oh, my gosh. Are you that young? Shut oh, up. Yeah. I hate you. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. You were, you were a freshman. But I don't know why. I mean, I, I w- was at a university in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. I mean, there was, I don't know how they got selected. 
<laughs> but I was one of those initial cool few. Never used it. Lost my password. Signed up for a second account. Never used it. Closed them both. Decided to become a father. Yeah. You know. <laughs> seemed like, like 20 years old. Uh-huh. Facebook or fatherhood. <laughs> fatherhood sounds easier. So I downloaded them. But honestly, Lexton has been on summer break now for two weeks, just about. And it's like I, I thought I didn't have time before. I don't. I mean, I would be long distance dating someone that lived a mile away at this point because uh, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know how to fit. And maybe that's what we should talk about is how do you do anything on summer break? How, right. How do you do anything? Right. And I, I mean, I think that applies to any parent. I mean, it's hard because your choice is if you work out of the home, you either have to have full-time care or they have to go to day camps all day, every day. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of, I mean, I get it. I know why people do that. I'm definitely not criticizing anyone, but it, it's hard for me to do that to him because I feel like it's his break too. And he doesn't really want to go to camps all day. Right. You know, I know. So I know. I mean, cause we didn't go to camp when we were kids. Like we just, we had summer, we had summer break. I, I would just, I mean, I would leave the house at 10 o'clock in the morning with friends and then come home whenever. Yeah. I didn't even have a cell phone. I mean, that's just what we did. Yeah, and I'm I'm feeling a, a little sad about that. <laughs> okay, I'm going to admit this. Uh, this week, uh, I I enrolled Lita and Marlo into a dance camp. Lita really really loves it and wanted to do it and is just can't wait to go. Marlo went the first day and got home and she's like, eh, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back, Mom. I, I, it's not the kind of dance that I thought it was. And and the next day like, was did her she birth. have a bad time or was she, she just not really into it? She just wasn't really into it. It wasn't what she thought it was going to be. Okay. And I, you know what, I I gave in and I was like, you don't have to go. <laughs> really, you just. That's it? I did because she was really upset about it. It was her birthday and she was tired. And I I feel like, you know, I want you to be able to relax. You had a really tough year. You had a really intense year of learning to read and write and all, all of the homework that she had every night. Like, I kind of want her to have what I'd had at seven years old, which is we didn't do anything in the summer except... Be kids. Right. You did what you wanted. It was just, it was unstructured. And there's all this with the camps and like enrolling them and all this, there's all this structure. And I feel like it's it's too much. And uh, so that's how I'm justifying it. (laughs) No. And I think, I mean, ultimately it depends on the kid. I mean, you know, Lexton has friends who are in all sorts of, you know, soccer and football and baseball and dance. And, you know, they'll do six things at a time, but they like them. I think they enjoy going. Yes. You know, and I think Marlo, she tried it. She went she went one day and didn't like it. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I probably would have done the same thing. If she wanted yes. to quit before the first day, I probably would have said, do one. You might like it. And then if you don't, you don't have to go. I took skiing as a kid. Skied down <laughs> the skied down like the kitty hill and ran into my mom and have never been back on skis. <laughs> and she was not too happy about that so it wasn't really a big deal that I didn't want to go back that was mm-hmm. a pretty painful experience so I, I just you know but then he's here all day yeah sometimes the in-laws help which is great but it's hard to do any I mean most of my work is you know early early morning or in the evening so does he is he is he capable of entertaining himself oh he's great I mean 
he's an only child. So that's one thing that I think, at least in my experience, only children are really good at is, you know, keeping to themselves and doing their own thing. But at the same time, I can't expect, you know, from when he wakes up until five o'clock that he can entertain himself because for one, I feel guilty, you know, and for another, I think I can see him like right around lunch. He starts to stir like he's Mm -hmm. he's gone through everything. And I know it's a big problem when he chooses to put down Netflix and kind of sighs. No, that's it. There it goes. Yeah. Even even with the children who can entertain themselves when they're in your space, you part of your brain is still occupied with what they're doing and what they need. And how do how do I how do I fulfill that? Exactly. And I think we've talked about that kind of guilt. You know, when they're here, you sort of, even though they know you're working, mm-hmm. there's a guilt that you feel when you are working. Yes. Yeah, and it's, but it's unavoidable. Did I tell you Marlo made me this Mother's Day thing? Oh, I, th- I think you texted this to me, yeah. Yeah, she made a Mother's Day thing at school, and it was adorable. And she's like, I like my mom because she helps me read. And my mom spends a lot of her time working on the computer. <laughs> like, oh, well, there we go. That's there honest. it is. It manifested. It has manifested. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's not untrue. <laughs> yeah. That's that's hard. It's hard. It's really, really, really difficult. I mean, I was up at 2.30 this morning, and so by, f- by 5, when I realized I wasn't going to go to bed, I went downstairs and I got on my laptop and I just started you know, trying to get through as much email as possible. And when Lita came, Lita gets herself up in the morning now, usually. What an amazing, amazing um, transformation and milestone in parenthood. <laughs> and I'm a phenomenal. And um, she stumbled downstairs and she sees me in my computer and my immediate reaction was to hide it because I was like, oh my gosh, it's the first thing in the morning <laughs> for you. And here I am on my computer. I'm so sorry. I'm so yeah, sorry. That, yeah. I've sort of tried because I get in the same. I mean, there's been times where he'll come downstairs and I don't even turn around because I'm in the middle of typing an email or something. Yes. And I've tried to get in the habit of closing the laptop for 10 minutes and just, you know, spending 10 minutes so that I can be a human. You know, and he, he knows even if I don't turn around, it's not that he's upset, but it's it's hard. It really, really, really is hard. And I and think... Then- with with summer thrown in, I mean, you have to work. Like, this is not an option for you because it's every day that he's at home. It's not like it's like a sick day. This is an everyday thing where you have to be on your computer doing, making an income. Exactly. And for me, it's just amounted to different strategies. The one thing that I that I make him commit to or that I commit him to is daily reading for a certain amount of time because he will rarely pick up a book on his own to read but when he reads he enjoys it it's not something he dislikes it's just not something he picks so typically what we'll do is we'll have breakfast together and then after breakfast I'm like okay you're gonna read for you know half an hour or 45 minutes and then you can do this for this long and you can do this and as long as you can make it to noon <laughs> then we can reevaluate what's gonna happen for the rest of the day you know and it's it works but it's also a lot of you know questions or comments or things every five or 10 or 15 minutes, mm-hmm. which I'm glad that I can be there for that. I mean, I'm, gl- I'm really lucky to have the ability to be home and do that, but it is a challenge. It is a challenge. And 
you know, having them in your space, the noise of it. I mean, they try to be as quiet as they can, but the noise can be very distracting. Your brain is just so occupied with their well-being, especially in the same space that and I'm lucky enough that I have Kelly. Um, Kelly can be here during the day, during the summer. But but also I feel really guilty. Like I want to go swimming with them on a Tuesday, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to go take them to the library on a Wednesday afternoon in the middle of the day in the, in summer. But I have deadlines and I have things that have to happen. I have meetings. I have conference calls. And uh, if they're not in camp, then they have to, then I have to have full time childcare. I mean, it costs a lot of money for summer. Summer is expensive. But then you <laughs> lose more money if you don't have it. Right. But there's that pull when you're you know when I'm home, I feel the same thing. Like I wish I could do that, and I I kind of it's this battle. Well, why can't I? I'm home. I could maybe do this later. But then I know that when later rolls around, I'm completely exhausted. Yeah. You know, with things like you know, conference calls and whatnot, obviously those have to be done when they have to be done. But yeah, it's, it's definitely a challenge. I used to have a friend who also worked from home. Um, not a, not a single parent, but, and, you know, Lexton was friends with his two boys and we would switch back and forth. You know, I would bring mm-hmm. Lexton there one day and the next day his boys would come over so that we could each have one day of quiet. But then even when they were all together, there was noise, but at least they were entertained. Nice. That's good. Yes. That's a good setup. The trade-off, I think, anytime that can happen is awesome. I think it's just huge. Yes. And there's, again, there's a, there's a huge part of me that laments the fact that Lita can't just leave the house in the morning and not return until 7 o'clock at night and have done an assortment of things that I will never know about. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I remember being, I distinctly remember being like about eight years old. And <laughs> this, there was a huge wooded area behind, right next to my neighborhood. And disappearing with my friend up the street, whose older brother was kind of into the whole devil worship thing Ooh. back back in the 80s. Wow. And like I went with her and her brother and then all of his brother's friends. And we ended up in the woods swinging over a huge gully on this rope hanging from a tree. <laughs> I was eight years old doing this. And my mom had no idea. None. Not a clue. I came home at night. We had dinner. And that was it. That was summer, you know? I would disappear for hours swimming unattended, you know? 
swimming unattended in above-ground pools that were about to collapse in on themselves at any moment. And my mom just didn't know. And there, But you were okay. I was totally fine. And I, well, how do I recreate that for my kids? How do we do that? I live in a neighborhood that that can't happen. Like, I, there's a really busy street out front. Like, really busy. Like, so, like, they, cops use my street to, to meet their quotas, period. Like, they, if they haven't met their quota at the end of the month. There are cops all over my street because people are speeding down it from the university. And, I, you know, I can send them into the backyard, but, it's, but that's not roaming. No, I, but I think part of it is just that we've sort of been taught to be more protective. I mean, there's that term like helicopter parenting. Like we've been mm-hmm. taught to be more protective of our kids. I mean, I when I go back to my hometown and I bring Lexton, I look at these, the places that I would go and the streets that I would cross and the things that I would do. And my first thought is, there's no way in hell I would let him do that. <laughs> right. But why? Like I have no reason, nothing. I was never hit by a car. We were never, I mean, we were irresponsible in our own way, but it was never like dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know if that's because, you know, times were different, but they I doubt that. Though. I feel like that's what people say because it makes them feel better. I mean, like, so for instance, I remember walking home from kindergarten with my brother and my sister, literally, literally over a mile home through, you know, through some alleyways, through a giant field of grass, like dead grass that got caught in my shoes. Like I, remember, I, have, I have this distinct memory of doing it. And in what is now the worst neighborhood in Memphis, Tennessee, the worst, like the most crime ridden place in Memphis is where I was walking home from school at five years old. But my, you know, my mom trusted that my sister and my brother were going to look after me. So I live less than like I live spitting distance from the girl's school. They could walk down to school in about 10 minutes. And there's a part of me is like, would I trust Lita to? I mean, I trust Lita, but is she going to take care of Marlo? And I, there's this flurry of worry that goes on in my head immediately when I'm thinking that I'm not going to be with them and watching them walk to school. Why? Right. Exactly. And that's the question. I, I've, I've been sitting here on my phone trying to find this article, but I read an article a couple of years ago looking at how far kids are allowed to walk from home, like generationally. So like great, great grandpa, great grandpa, grandpa, dad, whatever. <laughs> and they had a map. Because this family, I, I don't know if they had all grown up in the same area or if they were just doing it to show on one map based on where they live. But it was insane. I mean, like the, the great-grandfather walking six miles to fish at a river. Yeah. You know, and then the grandfather walking four miles and then the father walking two miles. And then this kid is allowed to walk to the end of his street. <laughs> and if I find it, it was doing? a fascinating, it was just, it was so sad. I was just talking to my ex-in-law, mother-in-law, I don't don't even know what to call it, (laughs) about this. But I remember leaving, like just hopping on a bike and going, sometimes alone, sometimes in a group, without a cell phone, going all the way across town. You Mm -hmm. know, sometimes we had cash and we'd get ice cream or lunch. But none of our parents ever knew. And if we weren't at anyone's house, there was no way for them to find out where we were. No. But nothing bad ever happened. No. And I, I don't think that I'm lucky because every I mean, you had the same experience. All of my friends had the same experience. So what are we so worried about? We're, 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 what, what are we worried about? We're worried about, 
<laughs> okay, I know I know what, but I guess why are, why has that worry become so pronounced? I mean, is it is it media? I mean, I think that's part of it, but why why is it suddenly such a big thing? I think the proliferation of information has that's one thing is that we're we are now armed with so much information about everything and a lot of people have feel like they have become experts because of that information and uh you know they're going to they're going to shame somebody because their child climbed over a small um fence and fell into a gorilla pit i mean do we do we want to go there <laughs> right right yeah but that's like, just you know it's like people say that helicopter parenting is bad but then mm-hmm. as soon as something happens you're a bad parent but if you if you're not always hovering something could happen right. not always something that bad but you if you're not there you acknowledge that there is a risk but i guess that more often than not you acknowledge that in the long run it's going to be okay right you've raised it, them to make it's good gonna decisions of course it's going to be okay it's going to be okay and there, there, a lot of it, I think we fear judgment. There's so much judgment every, everywhere we look. There's so many platforms for judgment. And for it to be just, even if you don't care that they're judging you, it's just being flung in your face constantly, you know? Just right. a flurry of like, oh, I'm doing it wrong. I'm doing it wrong. I'm doing it wrong. Okay. All right. And then because of that, you feel like even when you might not be being judged, you're always worried about that when you're out somewhere. Like it controls mm-hmm. how you parent every single minute. I have to do this because that person is going to think I'm a bad dad. Like, yes. And I know we've talked about this before. I think it definitely happens more to moms than it does to dads. Mm-hmm. Right? Because dads are scum of the earth. And as long as they try to do anything, it's heroic. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. I'm done giving dads credit. I'll tell you that. I'm done giving dads credit. Thanks. <laughs> appreciate that it means a lot no no no. i was thinking about this actually as i was lying awake this morning and couldn't go back to sleep i'm done with i'm gonna say it men i'm done with men getting credit when it's like well at least he did this no no more at least no oh, i see what uh-uh. you're saying no well at least i mean yeah he did this horrible thing but at least he's not as horrible to to not do at least he did this it's at like least no he woke up today yeah at least he got out of bed no, I'm I'm so done with giving credit for what you were supposed to be doing. You are supposed to be doing something. I am not going to pat you on the back for it. I'm done doing that. I won't go into specifics, but that's where I am right now. Right. I mean, I kind of take that approach with a lot of things, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can definitely see where you're coming from in regards to men because that all too often is the case. And it's, it's the exact opposite. A woman can do 99% of things perfectly and like, yeah, but she did this wrong. So, mm-hmm. you know, but with everything, I mean, even even with Lexton, when I, I guess I look at things like that are out of the ordinary and expected, right? I'm not going to celebrate something that's expected. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you should have you should have done that. So it's great. But I'm not going to like high five because you did it. Right. You know, I mean, I'm sorry, but there's just certain things that you got to do it. There's no there, reward. The, it's life. right. There are learning moments where you celebrate because it's like I'm encouraging the learning of this moment. And then there's you were supposed to do that anyway. Exactly. I am not amused. Exactly. 
Yeah, or or we've we've celebrated the learning already three times now. Yes. Now it's just common practice. We don't celebrate it every time. I don't um, know. Maybe that means I'm cold, but no. But I I was thinking about your situation and how you actually should be commended. Like you're you're one of the exceptions where it's like you could be sitting on a beach in Costa Rica right now, honestly, and there would be no judgment against you because you. I'm going to say it. Your ex basically ripped open your soul and took a huge giant poop. And <laughs> that was elegantly your, put. Your life completely she your your life imploded and you you stood there as it imploded or you were like in a building that was burning down around you and you couldn't get out of it. Except that you could. Like you could have escaped and been like, you know what? I, I'm out of here. Like I have no legal rights. You've done this to my life and and you stayed because because you love that child. And you stayed because it's the right thing to do for for this the, your son. And I commend you for I commend you so much for that. Like I'm give I you get credit, dude. You get credit. Well, thank you. You get credit. Yeah, I mean, like I've said, I feel like it was sort of the only choice. Not that I felt forced into it, but it seemed like the only good choice. I mean, I've met people since this has all happened that haven't exactly said it. But have sort of given this idea, like, dude, why did you do that? You you could have, you were free, man. But even even if I knew that no one else in the world was going to judge me negatively for it, I would judge myself. Right, and, I, and that's I the worst. That. That's the then that's the worst judgment. Yes. Oh yeah, I'm very unforgiving of me, so that would not have been good. But I mean, there are times where everything is so chaotic that I will admit to thinking about being on a beach in Costa Rica. <laughs> because I mean, even even over these last two weeks, you know, it's, I, I've, I've had the same amount of work, but my my brother and his wife are moving across the country because he's going to grad school and he wanted to take Lexton camping. But based on his schedule, it needed to be from Wednesday to Friday. And he lives two hours away. So it was, you know, packing everything up and, you know, driving Lexton up there so that he could, that he could camp. But I didn't camp because for one, hell no, I'm not going to camp. <laughs> and for another, I had to work. So then I, trying to, you know, I mean, granted, I can work mobile. So it was okay. I was able to to piece it together. And then doing that, and he had a great time, and then coming home, and then going back up the following week to help my brother pack a moving truck while trying to juggle work and childcare because, <sighs> you know, my, my ex works outside of the home with limited flexibility in certain situations. So it would have been way easier to go to a beach. That is the moral here. But that easy is, so, is not always right. Oh, man, that's why you, oh, because your text last night, you sounded really despondent. And you've been, holy crap, that's a lot. It's been, it's been a very interesting couple weeks. I, I will say for Lexton, it's been great for him. He's very close to my brother. He's been able to spend time with him and he's not going to see him nearly as often so it was worth it but yeah and he doesn't the sacrifice on my end he's not aware of which is fine I don't I don't need him to be aware and to you know be super thankful about it but it's yeah it's been rough you go through these periods um of stress like that it's really hard on your body and your mind that's really is when you're juggling work and you're juggling finances in the middle of doing all of that. That's a lot to that's a lot to carry. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a, a lot to carry. It is. And I think, you know, going back to sort of you saying that, you know, a lot of these women that are all around the globe all the time and they seem to be fine with it. They have the stamina. They're good. I think, and this is not a criticism of them, but I think having an awareness of what's happening almost sabotages you. Mm-hmm. Like when you're, when you are able to sit back and say, wow, I'm doing so much. This is crazy. I don't know how I'm doing it. I think it's making your body aware of the fact that it's maybe too much. Mm-hmm. And that's a dangerous place to be. Yeah, it is. And you know, a lot of, I'm sure a lot of this falls on you as well, but like all of the doctor's appointments and therapy visits and um, dentist appointments and those things, I schedule those when I'm not traveling and they're in the middle of my workday. And so I have to stop whatever I'm doing and and rearrange conference calls so that I can, because I want to be there for the doctor appointment and I want to be there for the dentist because I want to be, that's kind of, that's an involvement that I enjoy as a parent. And because it all falls on me, it, it really disrupts my workflow, which is its own stress. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing this up only because I had just glanced at my calendar for next week and I have a lot of work to get done. And I realized there are two doctor's appointments and a therapy appointment. And I'm like, oh, no, what am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, it disrupts the flow, like you said. I mean, even just the mental flow to change yeah. gears. Yeah. And it's, and it's a drive across town and back and trying. And at the same time, I'm trying to take care of my mental and physical health. I've got to get back to a place where I'm not feeling like this all the time. And so trying to get back into a consistent exercise routine while managing all of that is proving difficult, um, a lot more difficult than in the past. I mean, I've always, I've been exercising since 1996 and I cannot get back into the rhythm of it. That's part of, I think it's part of my depression. I would not be surprised. Mm Mm-mm. In 1996, that was when I was hopping on a bike and riding around town with my friends. So I guess that counts as exercise. (laughs) I think it counts. I'm going to have to count that. But it's funny that you mentioned like the the dentist and the doctor and the therapy because those are the things that you consciously make time for as a parent. You want to be there. You know that they're important, right? Yes. But you miss out on the trips to the pool, going out to get ice cream, doing these other things, which to your girls, to Lexton, those are the fun, important things. Right. So it's you're, you're, because you can't do all of them. You have to pick. Well, now I feel bad. Well, no, but I'm, the, I'm in the same way. Like I would, I would happily have someone take him to the pool and to ice cream and to dinner, but not to the dentist because I want to be there for that. I feel like I need to be there for that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's health related. It's health related. It's like, okay, I need to be here just to make sure that I know what they're going to say about her teeth and what needs to get done. And if they take her temperature and like, is she, is the, is she on the right growth chart? And, you know, I, I need to be there because these are the major, major, I mean, you, you, as a baby, like going to the, 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 the doctor was, you know, did the head grow an, enough inches in the first, you know, right. six or, right? right. <laughs> so even though like, it's just a routine checkup for Marlo next week. I'm going to take a break in my day and make sure that I'm there and make sure that I get some questions into the doctor. And even though she would, she would much prefer that I be at the pool with her. She'd much prefer that. What are we doing? (laughs) Exactly. And that's what I mean. And it's not that you're making the wrong choice. It's just that as parents, we understand things at a different level. 
gosh, stupid phone. Sorry, are you there? Okay, I got a phone call. I don't know how I got a phone call because I'm on airplane mode. Um, did it hang up on? Were you taking another call, Heather? Why is it coming through? I'm on airplane mode. But you're on Wi-Fi. If it's not on Do Not Disturb, then the calls will come through. They still come through. I tried that. I tried Do Not Disturb, and it still came through. Uh, uh, you need to change your settings and your favorites, okay? <sighs> I'm going to let it slide, though. Sorry about that, everybody. It's okay. We had a good time while you were gone. What did you do? We just kind of hung out, chilled, Netflix and chill. <laughs> it was I good. Only found, I only found out what that means, like, a week ago. Really? Yes. Wow. I'm so old. <laughs> Better late um, than never, I guess. You know what's going to happen? And I <laughs> I went out with this guy. Uh, ooh, it was terrible. Anyway, um, went out with this guy, and towards the end of having coffee with him, he said, I should probably come clean. I'm not 38. I'm actually 42. And I said, okay, well, why... Why why are you lying about that? Like, why lie and say you're 38? I mean, that's not a big difference. And he said, well, what happens is that people set their age ranges. Like, they're looking for, you know, men who are aged 35 to 50. And when you turn 51, you're out of the age range. So you don't show up in the searches. Oh, so they're looking for men up to 40, and he's 42, then yep. he's out. Mm-hmm. Well, but that's significant for two reasons, though. He's a liar. Right. And, and and that means you knew you were going on a date with someone who was younger than you. By two years. I'm sorry. Was he younger <laughs> or older? I just want to make He's sure older that than we me. have. But when you initially yes. went out. Yeah. He was younger. You know, I, t- I told you the reason that I went out was because his job sounded phenomenal. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. I was like, you have a great job. What would it be like to go on a date with that? <laughs> and then there he goes lying right off the bat. You've just found out. That's what that job produces. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so my birthday is in July, and it's going to tick me over to 41 because I'm old. And um, So you're going to have to lie. Continue. Well, you can't lie on like Bumble and, t- and Tinder because it's pulling it from Facebook. Unless you go into your Facebook profile and change that. I'm not going to lie about it. This is the thing. I love being old. I love being 41. I love being older. I really do. I wouldn't go back to my 30s. I wouldn't do it. My 30s mm-hmm. are okay at the moment. I wouldn't go back to my 20s, though. No, no thank you. never. No, thank no. you. But it's funny because we race to get there, right? It's going to be great. It's going to be great to be an adult, to be 20, to be 25. Mm-hmm. Why? Why do we even think that? <laughs> because they aren't adults. Those are not adult people. Those are still babies. People in their 20s are still babies. We were, we were babies. But I don't want like, were... any of the responsibilities that come with, like, I don't even want to drive. I remember being excited to drive a car, and now I'm like, oh, just drive me somewhere. Or bring <laughs> me what I need. I just don't want to drive. It's so boring. But we were. I don't want to have to pay pay taxes. Yeah. Well, yeah, that I don't want to do either. But that's a whole different discussion. But yeah, babies for sure. Maybe not so much me because I had a kid when I was 20. But to each his or her own. When did you turn 20? What year was that? 2000? Well, 2004. Yep. Wow. Wow. (laughs) I can't. We can't. I have to really reconcile this. John... Uh, you know, wow. I know, but I think 
I think my soul turned 20, more like <laughs> in like 94, 90, you know. Did we mention the fact that my mom secretly hopes that you and I end up together? I don't think so. Have we mentioned that here? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think so. But she's going to be thrilled that we've now publicly acknowledged that. Well, she she loves listening to this. Like so, I do. I do approach these conversations knowing that my very Mormon, very conservative mother is listening to it, and she was just she just casually mentioned mentioned it that um, she loves loves your perspective on things and admires what you have done so much, and just thinks, well, you know, it wouldn't be a bad thing, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to thank her for that. That's very kind. And I mean, you went down to 38. So what's another like six years? I mean, I, I, 38, 32. I'm going to just lie and say I'm 40. See where that gets me. <laughs> Wait, well, you're, you have the soul. You have the soul of a much older, much older man, yeah. which is attractive. That's very attractive. So there, I said it. Boom. Boom. I said it. So it's gonna, Linda, yeah. it's coming. <laughs> you heard it here Linda <laughs> oh my gosh okay yeah. so that was us catching up yeah we went all over the place man we did but we kind of find these little little spots you know like freedom of childhood banana ice cream again somehow seemed uh-huh. to come into play here and dating so really it's not that spiraling we kind of always was, spiral to the same thing. It was kind things. of we circled we circled back on some on some points that we had touched on in previous episodes to sort of update on where we are on those on those points. Yeah, which is which is very valid. So I think very that valid. was good. And I think, you know, to all of you listeners, if you have any awesome bumble stories to share, again, we want to hear or, or any someone emailed us something about, I think it was eHarmony and how her friend is an animal lover with pets and eHarmony decided that that meant she would be great with a hunter because they both like animals. So <laughs> yeah, things, things like that. Um, or, or your memory of childhood being able to, you know, walk out the front door and not come back until dark. Uh, I think that's a, definitely a worthwhile discussion and we would love, we all have those stories. stories. We all have those stories. I mean, so many of us reminisce about that. We're reminiscing as if we were like, old people like we're 90 reminiscing but about that, i think that tells you how much things have changed in a short amount of time yeah because it seems Sadly. like a totally different world and it was not that long ago it was not that long it, ago it was not so if you have any stories to share you can always email us or or not stories just you want to say hi at uh, stories at manicramblings.com. We do read them. Sometimes it takes us a little while to respond, but we do read everything and we try our best to respond as soon as possible. And you can find us at Manic Ramblings on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and at manicramblings.com. And until next time, go forth and judge other parents for being simply a parent. Because you probably already were judging, like everyone else. I am. We yes. all are. Many thanks to Tan Lines for the soundtrack, to Lisa Congdon for the cover art, and to Ryan Coomer for his expertise with the editing stuff.
ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 